because my passion runs so deep, I know what my purpose looks like. So to go out there and make myself proficient, I have to refine myself every single day to equip myself so that it better helps me run at my passion and run with my passion. And that's where my purpose comes from because I'm so proficient in doing that, I'm able to make an impact and leave the world a better place as a result. And then it becomes fun. Then you want to grind it out. Your best version is tied into your passion. That's where your identity is truly rooted. Equip your passion and you'll find your purpose. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Men Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. We have a very special guest here for you today. He is a Monster Jam champion driver, Bryce Kenny. Welcome to the show, Bryce. Hey, thanks for having me, Nikki. I'm pumped, man. Love everything you got going on, everything you do. So it's a big honor to be a part of it. Thanks for coming on the show, my man. Really, really great to have you. You and I have spent some time getting to know each other over the past few weeks, and I am very happy to see that uh, somebody with your level of success and accomplishments in the world is also thinking about how to make a difference for men and young men today. So Hmm. before we get into the meat of that conversation, tell the folks your story. Yeah. Well, man, I I think the, uh, not, I would say the short story, the shortest version I could come up with is, um, you know, I grew up with a big dream. I, I was very passionate about drag racing and always loved the idea of, of, uh, driving a top fuel dragster. That was my goal. So if anyone out there's seen those long skinny cars that go 300 miles an hour in four seconds, uh, that's what I grew up around. And I, that I wanted more than anything to be able to walk into a room. It was a pretty narcissistic approach to it. I'll be honest. It was a good dream, a good goal to have, but it was more about how I, I, I wanted to be perceived from an arrogant standpoint. And no wonder when I look back, no wonder, you know, I, I didn't have what it takes to make it happen. I got my teeth kicked in, in pursuing that it was just cause man, I didn't know, I didn't know how to, how to chase any of that stuff, how to approach and work with other people um, I was, and what it did is I actually got halfway through that dream and realized, man, I'm, I'm maybe it's a, maybe there's things that I don't have, you know, that I need to build upon. Like maybe there's skill sets I need to improve upon. But the thing I got so wrong was I had no idea how to work with other people and like bring people along in the journey with me. Um, and, and part of that could have been sponsorships, right? A part of that is sales. A part of that was my teammates and my colleagues and my family. I mean, all of that, looking back, I got all of it wrong. Um, and so I got my teeth kicked in, man. I went into corporate America for a couple of years. I placed CEOs and CFOs into uh, private equity backed companies as a recruiter. And I loved it. And the reason why I did that was because it was very lucrative. And I figured, man, I could go create wealth and get back into drag racing. And even if it took me 40 years, so be it. 
right? I was just going to fight to get back into it. And uh, four years into that is when Monster Jam called me. And so Monster Jam called me. And, and honestly, I, I'd never grown up around monster trucks at all. I was not the kid that had 55 Monster Jam diecasts like my son does now, <laughs> right? That, that just wasn't what I did as a kid um, and, uh, and what I was passionate about. And so when Monster Jam called me, quite honestly, I had kind of, I'd kind of built up a pretty good life at that point. And so I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know if Monster Jam would be a distraction from what I really ultimately wanted to do, which was to get back into drag racing. And, and so I, I wrestled with that decision for a really long time when they called me. Um, I did a, a one year as it just kind of being a hobby. I was still in my corporate job, but that's when Great Clips came around as a big sponsor and Monster Jam wanted me to, uh, to, to be their ambassador and I could not do both. And so I had that decision to, to say, I'm going to have to give up this good life I've built, right? This lucrative career. I'm home for dinner every night. Uh, even if I'm, even if I only really only have about two hours at, at the house with the kids and, you know, plugging back in in the evenings and stuff, at least I'd have Saturdays off. I wasn't really ever traveling for that job. I'd have to give up all of that, my 401k and all of the above for what? For Monster Jam, where I wasn't convinced that that's where I needed to be. And so I was stuck in that decision point. And, you know, fast forward to today, that was seven years ago. And I've been full time with Monster Jam because I decided to take that leap. And, uh, and the reason why is because I, I remembered who I wanted to be in the process. I remember my identity was based around someone who uses the platform of motorsports to impact the world. And so that's the shortest version I can give you with that. But it was, it was a process of, man, I got my teeth kicked in. I, I kind of got my house in order after that. You know, I got married. We bought a house. We started a family. I did kind of build up this good, safe life in a way. And then I, I was in that decision point where I had to give it all up. And man, looking back, I'm glad I gave up the good life because I've got a great one now. And it took a lot of decisions along the way over the last seven years to keep it going. You know, I've heard your story before because you and I have uh, talked on my other podcasts and we've had a couple of other conversations, one around business and one around the whole world of being of service to men. So mm. even though I've heard it before, I'm like, that's pretty cool. This dude <laughs> managed to go for one dream, not have it happen go work in corporate and then have uh, another dream show up for him. Mm. And not everybody gets to drive a monster jam truck. I mean, that takes a certain level of skill. It builds a certain platform for you. You've achieved some success. Mm. And when a man is going through life, he's asking himself the question, why am I here? Why did the good yeah. Lord put me on this earth? Is it to be selfish and do stuff for me? I submit the answer is no. Mm. I submit that every man has a purpose larger than self. I think the energy of being a teenage boy is the energy of selfishness and what's in it for me. And the energy of being a man is when you outgrow that and you start doing things for your family, for your children, for your wife, for your community. And younger men, Teenage boys look and go, well, how do I achieve success? How do I become somebody? How do I become somebody noteworthy? What's your answer to that? Because you're somebody yeah. noteworthy. You're like <laughs> a monster jam driver. That is, that's a thing, right? So mm. if someone's listening to this, what's your answer? 
I would say screw your happiness would be my first one. And uh, what I what I mean by that is uh, is I think in, in a world that prioritizes do what makes you happy, uh, choose purpose. Uh, screw your happiness. Happiness should be a byproduct. And the reason why people are going around and, and what they're doing is they're struggling with the decisions in their life because they're actually unhappy. And, and now we've bought into this societal lie where, you know, people are saying, well, just if you're unhappy, then just go and do whatever makes you happy. Well, guess what? Cocaine makes a lot of people happy. Doesn't mean you should do it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and in my opinion, happiness should be secondary and will always come to somebody who is living in what they believe is their purpose and where they find meaning through what they do. People need to stop playing games around their goals and what they want to, to, to accomplish in life. And they need to pick up books and they need to uh, do things like listen to your podcasts and, um, you know, man search for meaning. If someone's really struggling, go pick up man search for meaning by Victor Frankl, F R N K L. If you want to understand and get a, an idea of your meaning in life. And he has a really great way of doing that. The first six, the first half of that book is about how he survived the Holocaust you know, he was in Auschwitz. And then the second half of the book is how he took the lessons that he learned and the differences that he saw in people that survived and some that didn't or that eventually would give up. Because I would have probably been the first to, to go through that and and and, uh, and uh, give up in the midst of that kind of trial with what those guys had to go through. And the last, second half of that book, though, is him applying that to everyday life and saying, look, your suffering ceases to be suffering the moment it finds a, a meaning and a purpose. So how do you do that? So I'm a big believer in that. Like, yeah, do, do we all need to work harder? Yes. Do we all need to have a more crystal clear goal in mind of what we're trying to accomplish? Yes. But I don't believe that the people that make it are smarter or tougher or any of that than anybody else. I think the secret is, is they're, they're, they're not trying to do what makes them happy. They're trying to do and accomplish what they feel is the purpose of their life. And that's what my purpose is to impact the world through the platform of motorsports. And so that's why I ultimately left and took a 30% pay cut in my corporate job to go back to monster jam is because it was, it was in my purpose. I was making a purpose decision, not a monetary decision. And all this stuff is such broad strokes, but if I'm sitting across from the table from somebody, Nikki, and they're saying, they're asking this specific question that you said, I'd say, stop trying to, to uh, find happiness first as the priority. And by the way, unhappiness should also not be the target for, for the record, for a disclaimer. Uh, but stop trying to find your happiness. Your happiness will be a byproduct of you working your guts out and doing things that are meaningful into this world. And then secondly, remember what your passions are. Start with that. Like I'm a big believer, if you equip your passions, you'll find your purpose. So if you reverse engineer that, then start with your purpose and go, okay, I don't know what my purpose is. Okay, go back to the passion thing. And now I'm meeting more people, Nikki, where people are like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't know what my, I don't have any passions. I'm not passionate about anything. I'm like, are you alive? Do you have a heartbeat? But maybe it's not that you're not passionate about anything now because you don't like anything about your life. Go back to the last thing that you were passionate about. If it was 15 years ago, go back to it. Was it welding, right? Was it numbers? Was it math? I don't know. Go back to your passion. And, and understand what the last thing you were passionate about was, and then find a way to equip yourself, meaning make yourself better, do something every single day 
to equip yourself with being the very best in that category that you're passionate about in the world. Go get your 10,000 hours if you've ever read that book. And I promise by the time you equip yourself to actually be the best and find that niche in something you're passionate about, you will find your purpose for that. So stop chasing happiness and then go back and equip your passions and you'll find your purpose and you'll be the happiest guy. Just like me, man, I'm one of the happiest guys you'll ever meet. And it's because I feel like I get to live my passion and my purpose every single day, but that's not by accident. It took a lot of consistent effort, a lot of commitment along the way. You know, I think I'm going to call this episode screw your happiness, (laughs) live your purpose instead. And Honestly, we could stop right now, and this would be a wrap of an episode. The message is there. People have heard everything they need to win. And I really like what you said here. Equip yourself to be the very best in your niche in the world or your niche in the world. Why is that important? Well, that's important because as a man – if you are someone who wants to be the best version of you that you can possibly be, you achieve that partly by earning the respect of other men. How do you earn the respect of another man? Well, mm. it's when that man comes to you because you know something about something that he doesn't and he wants and needs to know that and get better at that. So an example of that is, I don't know, let's say you've got a kid who's a a soccer player and um, your kid wants to become a better soccer player. And you go approach a man, a coach, like I did a man named Coach Allen. My son's a soccer Mm. player. I approached this man, Coach Allen, to have my son play for him. And as a result of that, my son went from a kid playing soccer to right now being a professional prospect. My Mm. kid outgrew my ability to show him how to play soccer (laughs) a long time ago. I pay respect and homage to Coach Allen by choosing him and entrusting my son to him. Hmm. And that really is what men look for. They're looking uh, for the ability to be respected by their fellow men, Hmm. you know, by their peers. And every man here ought to be asking himself, how can I develop myself to the point where other men pay me the ultimate compliment of asking for my help in the area where I have developed some expertise. Mm, Yeah. Well, and maybe their frustration, I think I've been in this position as well, but a lot of guys, a lot of us men, when we get frustrated, it's because we're frustrated in the what we're doing or what we're not doing enough of, or what we don't get to do at work or any of that stuff. It usually is around the what. And I have found out that what I do on a daily basis, and it goes back to this equipping. So if we keep that formula for a second, equip your passion and you'll find your purpose. 
if you can go back to that equipping phase, some, some people go back and if you were just to start saying, okay, what do I, I'm going to go out there and equip myself in something. Well, what are you going to go out there and start doing just for the heck of it? Uh, digging ditches, right? The only reason that you would equip yourself is if you know your passion. Well, what passion really is, if I were, if I were taking through someone through a mentorship program, passion is very closely rooted in identity. But as men, we're afraid to go down that route because maybe something happened in our childhood, maybe something that that we do every day that we don't like about ourselves. We don't want to open up that box around uh, around the best version of ourselves and because we're afraid that we're not going to have what it takes as a man. That's what every man, that's what we're at really asking ourselves. Do I have what it takes for this? And doing, uh, listening to podcasts like this, digging into, you know, really good books like Extreme Ownership, right? Uh, by, of course, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Jocko really good- Life Babin. Yes, yes. Uh, Jocko, yeah. All that stuff is so huge whenever you sit there and think about identity. Like, are you a Navy SEAL listening to this? Probably not, right? I'm not a Navy SEAL, but I still have a very strong identity even though if I don't look at that and say, well, do I get to drive a monster jam truck for a living? Yeah. So I guess that's pretty manly and that's pretty cool. But it wasn't all that long ago that I was sitting in the same seat going, I don't feel like I'm doing any of the, what I really want to do in life. And I don't have a clue who I am anymore. And that's the, that's the formula for being absolutely not only unhappy, but dissatisfied and miserable. And so to change that, that's what we're, that's why this formula is so important that we're talking about. And you said the best version of yourselves to find your best version. And I called it passion, but I believe that your best version is tied into your passion. And the reason why to that is because that's where your identity is, is, is truly rooted. And if you've got the courage to go back to the drawing board and understand again and get a more of a crystal clear picture of, of, of who the best version of yourself can actually become and who you want it to look like and be, then that's where you can go back and now equip yourself to go and become that best version. So equip your passion and you'll find your purpose. Why do you think it's been such a cultural misnomer anymore? You almost can't talk about purpose or finding your purpose. I think why has it become so difficult for men to figure out what their purpose is. Because I don't think there's any man out there, if, if you were to hand them their purpose. We're and weak by society. We are living in a context where being a man right now is almost a crime. There's mm. phrases like toxic masculinity that are out there mm. that are saying masculinity itself is toxic, which is the most heinous, reprehensible, <laughs> sexist, set of thinking that there is and there's people out there that are just they they couldn't care less they want to they want to destroy men they want to destroy manhood they want to confuse young men they want to confuse young boys by leading them away from what for centuries has been the bedrock of civilization which is you know there is a clear definition of what a man is there's a clear definition of what a woman is um one is not better than the other, but they are different and they have different roles to play in life and in the world. And if you say that today, the attacks that'll come your way are absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. uh, very few people would be willing to have 
an honest conversation about that. And that, that really is part of the problem. And why this podcast exists is we're here to help men grapple with these issues, to think them through and to learn from their elders. Because look, one of my pet peeves is I'm 56 years old. I go on online and I see these young men in their 30s and their 40s. And I was a man in my 30s and my 40s. So I remember what it was like who absolutely think they got it all figured out Mm -hmm. and they want to go out there and tell other men to live life according to what they think they've got figured out. An example of that is Andrew Tate. Another example Mm -hmm. of that is Myron from Fresh and Fit, Rolo Tomasi. And some of what these men have to say is good, but a lot of it is shit. It's crap. Mm -hmm. But because there's few voices standing up for men and manhood and masculinity, they're getting a lot of airtime. You know, Mm -hmm. Andrew Tate's 36 years old. He made himself a, a lot of money, but he made it by getting girls to get naked on camera. Not exactly mm-hmm. the most honorable thing in the world for a man to do. And number two is no res- disrespect to Andrew Tate, but he's telling men how to be men and run families. His mom and dad are divorced. He was raised by a single mom. He never had a father masculine influence in his life. How the hell is he going to bring the energy of fathering when he never had it in his life? Yeah. Y- you know? And I just think right now our society is so focused on on celebrity and social media. <laughs> they forgot to learn from wise people. And most of the wise people have lived life for a while. They're over 50. They're over 60. They're over 80. Mm. You don't get wise at 35. I'm sorry. You can be smart, but you're not wise at 35. You're too young, too dumb. Yeah. Too full of yourself. I was so full of myself at 35. I got pictures of me at 35. I look good, but I was full of myself. (laughs) And I thought I knew so much. And I'm 56 today. And today I realize I know so little. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 uh, you just embodied exactly what we're talking about, though. So, Nikki, are you passionate about, helping men become men, or are you passionate about executing the X's and O's of doing a podcast itself? Right. I know the answer is passionate about helping men become men. And so the podcast is your ability and the process that you've gone through to equip yourself in the passion that you've done. And here's where God, here's where a lot of men and uh, 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 people these days get it wrong is because they're starting with the equipping thing. They're, they're starting with the what. They're saying, well, maybe I should just start a podcast. Well, if you don't know what your passion is, then don't start a podcast. Do the podcast to help prop up your passion. And help to uh, help men become men out there. If you're if you're Nikki Baloo and you're passionate about having helping men actually, you know, not just be males with a tail, but actually go out there and 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 embody what men should be and be the 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 manly leaders for our family that that we should be, then that's a real passion. You could hear it coming through your voice. That's the only reason that I bet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the only reason you put up with the uh, the execution of 
things like this podcast. It's not that you got into this because you were just enthralled with what it takes to actually, you know, produce a podcast. Um, and that's where all of a sudden now, because you've equipped yourself in doing a podcast driven by your passion to help men become men, would you say you're somebody that, that, that has found your purpose in doing these types of podcasts and being able to kind of bring these men along and bring them through that, that difficult process of actually becoming men in our world today? You know, it's an interesting question. And I look at purpose a little differently than the way you've defined it, although I like what you've said about it. So the short answer is yes, but the longer answer is a lot more nuanced than that. Um, I think I do what I do because I see I'm 56. I've probably got about another 40 to 50 years left. And I'm concerned that by the time I go, if me and men like me don't stand up for the concept of manhood, the world that I left, have left my children and my grandchildren is going to suck ass. You know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I want to help young men today really figure this out. And they're not going to figure it out on their own unless they got a strong father in their lives. It's not going to happen. They're not going to figure it out by following whatever the frig Andrew Tate and people like him say. They're not. So someone's got to stand up and speak. So it's me. Am I the biggest dude out there? No, not even close. But I'm willing to talk. And I trust that God has put me here for a reason. And that what I have to say is important and matters. And that the people that need to hear it will hear it in God's good timing. That's all I can yeah. tell you. And do you feel as if, like, let's say something, and I'm kind of dumbing this down, uh, because I want it to be so basic for the listener to understand what we're really talking about. There, there's two lanes of of thought that they do eventually run together in. But let's say you have kind of a rough day on producing this podcast, like you, you know, lose a file that you really needed or something. Like I know that that's aggravating in that moment, but does that knock you off of your purpose? I don't produce the podcast, brother. I got a team that does that. I just record and then I leave and they take care of the rest. Yeah. Well, but that's, but that's even the point. Like, I, I know that you're not a producer, like you're not, in a, but, but at some point when you decided to do a podcast, it wasn't because, like I said, that you were a technical guru and you not just decided, all. oh, that you didn't start with the what you started with the why you started with the who and the passion of, of, of why you would even do a podcast to begin with. It's to get your message out there. It's to be able to go out and make a difference. And the podcast was an easy way for you to equip that passion, right? So now you've gotten really good, even as an interviewer. Like you said, maybe you're not behind the screen and doing all and cutting it all up and putting all the marketing material and stuff like that, but you're still the one hitting record and you're still the one that's got to figure out how to navigate a conversation with a monster jam driver to make sure that there's enough value for the listener, that this is a good episode and all those things take equipping. And so that's why I'm, that's why I say like, we've got to reverse engineer it. If people are frustrated and they're like, man, I don't know what my purpose is in life. Stop what you're doing because nothing else matters until you figure out why you believe you're on this earth and why you've got a heartbeat. Stop. 
Stop going out there and just thinking, well, I got to do more today. No, stop. If you don't have a crystal clear picture of your purpose, can we go back to that? It's not a foreign language. We can help you do, we can help you figure out what your purpose is. And the way you do that is go back to your passion. Like we're saying, your passion is clear, Nikki. My passion to anybody that knows me is, yes, like I said, my purpose is to use a platform of motorsports to impact this world. My passion, I love changing the way the game is played in the motorsports world. Nobody partners with companies like I do. Nobody. But the reason why I'm passionate about the business side of motorsports, and I know this, but I give more value to Great Clips, who is my my big sponsor of, of my truck. I give more value to them, in my opinion, than any other driver in the history of racing. Go back and find me. I will, I will, I will, I will put myself up against any driver that's ever sat in a cockpit of any any vehicle in the sport and in the industry. And the reason why I'm that confident is because I do think about this every single day. But secondly, it's because I got my teeth kicked in in drag racing, which was the original goal. Like I started off the conversation telling everyone about. And so again, my passion runs so deep with what I'm trying to do that the what, I guess, is 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 the point. The equipping myself, is it easy for me to go out and do what it takes to add that value? Yes. And it didn't used to be, but it is now because my passion runs so deep. I know what my purpose looks like. So to go out there and make myself proficient enough with doing interviews, writing a book, right? I wrote Geared for Life and and that book has been a process, getting on stage, doing keynote talks, all that stuff is a I have to refine myself every single day to equip myself so that it better helps me run at my passion and run with my passion deeper and more of a niche than anybody else in the industry. And that's where my purpose comes from. Because I'm so proficient in doing that, I'm able to make an impact and leave the world a better place as a result, which is ultimately that purpose. So the purpose, it really does take care of itself. Let's go back and help somebody remember what their passion is. Let's help you equip it, get off your butt, go out there and do something about that passion. Once we help you clarify that again, and then it becomes fun. Then you want to grind it out. And it's not just some labor of, you know, it's not just labor every day of doing it. It's a labor of love. You want to get better and more proficient in it. When when you've got that, that uh, identity driven passion and that best version of yourself when you've got a crystal clear picture of it. Yeah, I think that's 1000% accurate. And I, I got to say this, uh, Bryce, your energy and your passion is awesome. And you are a demonstration of your message, you know, and that's beautiful. People <laughs> Thank you. that speak passionately and are passionate are the ones who change the freaking world. <laughs> Amen. So good on you, brother. Good on you. So Amen. Bryce, appreciate you taking the time to be here. The title of this episode, I think, is freaking super, super good. Screw your happiness and live your purpose <laughs> instead with Bryce Kenny. Um you need to go and be on a lot of shows. Your book's a great idea. You need to go and start your own podcast at some point. And I think you should call it Screw Your Happiness. 
Screw Your Happiness should be the title of the podcast. And that should be the title of your next book. And it, it, it's my opinion that you've got a message that's bigger than what you're doing right now. And there'll be a time where you're going to be a world-renowned thought leader. And um, it's an honor to uh, have played a role in that. God bless you, my brother. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you, Nikki. Well, I hope I hope I'll be back on in the future. But uh, keep up the great work, man. I'm, it's it's an honor to to be a part of what you're doing. So thank you. Yeah, you bet, my man. Baloo out. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at sovereignman.ca.